Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things. This time for the business week ended 3rd February 2023. This is Ian Haydock. This week, Amgen launches first US biosimilar to Humira. Strong launches set to help BMS as it faces losses of exclusivity. Azai preaches patience on Lakembi for Alzheimer's. 10 clinical trials to watch for this year. And Scrip asks what 2023 holds for technological advances. Amgen has set the bar for Humira biosimilar launches in the US with the 31st January launch of Amgevita, the first Adalimumab biosimilar to enter the market, but with two different prices. At a 55% and a 5% discount to AbbVie's pricing for the original product. The strategy gives payers two options from which to start reimbursement negotiations, highlighting one of the key challenges biosimilar manufacturers face in the US when it comes to securing strong formulary access. Some payers prefer higher list prices so they can extract higher rebates in return. Amgen is hoping to address that challenge early on with its dual pricing strategy, but Humira's high volumes and AbbVie's flexibility to bundle Humira rebates to other popular products will still pose a challenge. Amgen simultaneously reported fourth quarter 2022 sales and earnings on 31st January and provided 2023 financial guidance, forecasting $26 to $27.2 billion in total revenues this year versus $26.32 billion for all of last year, Mandy Jackson writes. Amgevita is unlikely to make a big immediate impact on Amgen's revenue this year, but its launch will be closely followed from quarter to quarter because of its impact on the company, as well as its potential impact on healthcare costs more broadly. Amgevita is the first significant US biosimilar in the pharmacy benefit space, and we expect gradual uptake in the coming months as this market evolves. Amgen Executive Vice President of Global Commercial Operations, Murdo Gordon, said it during the company's same-day Q4 earnings conference call. Amgevita was a major focus of the call, with analysts asking questions about pricing and reimbursement strategy for the product. Many analysts have been sceptical that biosimilars will amount to a significant revenue stream for Amgen or any biosimilar player, but the company has insisted that it can be a lucrative business, particularly for a manufacturer like itself with a significant expertise making biologic drugs. CEO Robert Bradway said when the company presented at the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference on 9th of January that Amgen expects its 2030 biosimilar revenue to be double its 2021 total of $2.2 billion. All told, we have six more biosimilar launches planned in the US and markets around the world between now and the end of the decade, making this another source of long-term growth for us, Bradway told the Q4 earnings call. Mandy also writes that Bristol-Myers-Squibbs plan to battle back against coming losses of exclusivity for its three top-selling products throughout this decade is going largely to plan, according to Chief Commercialization Officer Chris Berner. The fight against generic and biosimilar competitors for Revlimid, Opdivo and Eliquis will be won through strong commercial execution for Opdualag, Camzios, Sotiktu, all approved in the US in 2022, and six other recent product launches. 
During the past three years, Berner's commercial teams have brought nine new drugs to market that BMS expects to generate more than $25 billion in combined sales by 2030. Melanoma Immunotherapy Obdurolag, Camzios for Obstructive Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy, and Oral Psoriasis Drug Sotictu are expected to be some of the biggest sellers among those products, with $4 billion plus each in sales across multiple indications. We are happy with the overall performance of the business in 2022, Bernard told Scrip in an interview during the recent JP Morgan Healthcare Conference. Uptake of Opdurlag has been very good, and the feedback from physicians has really been positive on the impact the product's having on patients, he said. Camzios was cleared with a risk evaluation and mitigation strategy in the US that requires doctors to be trained and certified so that they understand the echocardiogram monitoring requirements for the drug but Berner said the profile of the drug is being extremely well received. For Bristol's new product launches to drive overall revenue growth as sales of Revlimid, Eliquis and Opdivo decline later in the decade, they will have to generate sales across multiple indications. And as new data emerge for the nine first wave launches, as well as for the six second wave launches now entering into phase three trials, Berner said BMS is only getting more confident in its longer-term forecast. Sales of the nine new launch brands are expected to add $10 to $13 billion in new revenue by 2025. Inline brands still will represent roughly three-quarters of the commercial portfolio in 2025, but by 2030, the nine new products will provide about half of Bristol's revenue, with more than a quarter of the company's sales coming from six drug candidates in a second wave of new drug launches. Werner said those six assets, which are in or moving into phase three in 2023, will generate more than $10 billion in sales by 2030. Azai has a groundbreaking Alzheimer's therapy in Lakembi but wants to temper expectations about a fast uptake of the drug and is wary of the hurdles which could trip up its route to transforming treatments and the company's fortunes. Andrew McConaughey-Rice, the Japanese company, and his partner Biogen gained accelerated approval for Lakembi in the US on 6th of January, making it the first ever approved drug to clearly demonstrate a slowing, albeit modest, of Alzheimer's dementia. The Clarity AD study showed that the beta amyloid targeting drug can help delay the progress of the disease by up to seven months in patients with early-stage Alzheimer's. Analysts forecast Lakembi could generate peak annual revenues of around $6.78 billion by 2030, which was a consensus figure compiled by Bank of America, which would also revive the prospects of both Azi and Biogen. However, the companies are preaching patience in terms of the drug's uptake. So much so that Azai's CEO, Haruo Naito, has indicated that he expects Lakembi to contribute to profits no earlier than 2025. That's because its success rests on three big as-yet-unanswered questions. What level of reimbursement market access can be achieved in the US and other key markets? Can Lakembi demonstrate longer-term efficacy and safety? And can the necessary huge expansion in earlier Alzheimer's diagnoses be achieved? There is also one more reason for this caution. 
the failure of Biogen and Azai's earlier anti-amyloid treatment, Adihelm. The US FDA's decision to grant accelerated approval to that product in 2021 was hugely controversial, and the drug went on to be a commercial disaster, its fate sealed by Medicare refusing to reimburse its use. But one difference this time is that Azai, rather than Biogen, is the lead partner for Lakembi. The Tokyo headquartered company is clearly intent on learning the lessons from Adihelm, including on the drug's US price. Azai has pegged Lakembi's annual US price at $26,500, a level which it hopes can help secure significant uptake. However, that will not come until the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services rules on whether the drug will be reimbursed. This could come once the FDA grants a full marketing authorization to Lakembi, which is expected as early as July 2023, though even then, restrictions on its use may remain. Meanwhile, approval and uptake are set to be even slower in other key markets where Azai has already filed the drug, namely Europe, Japan and China. But given that Lakembi has ended decades of disappointment in Alzheimer's research, Azai executives have learned to be patient. Let's not kid ourselves. The day we get European Medicines Agency approval, we are not going to be selling billions of euros worth of Lecanimab, said Nick Bergin, who's Chief Operating Officer for the EMEA region and also Head of European Market Access for Azai. It's going to be a slow build and we recognise that and that's fine, he told Script. The article takes a deep dive look at other issues and challenges for Lakembi, including reimbursement and market access, diagnosis and long-term data, so do check it out for all of the details. Scripp has surveyed the Phase 3 clinical trial readout landscape and picked 10 of the more interesting studies set to report in 2023, with a few added extras. AstraZeneca, Novo Nordisk, Novartis and Roche feature heavily. The European majors are set to dominate 2023 in terms of high-profile clinical trials readouts, and it will be a year where studies of new indications and marketed drugs become more important than ever before. Looking particularly strong on the clinical catalyst front are AstraZeneca, Novo Nordisk and Novartis, which all have $5 to $6 billion worth of peak potential readouts this year. Analysts at Credit Suisse in a recent note estimated that about 40% of this year's global pivotal trial value would come from drugs already approved in a different disease setting, as compared with the previous five-year average of 24%. In the article, Scripps' Alex Shimmings highlights 10 of the more critical Phase 3 datasets due to report this year in rough chronological order as part of the Script Perspectives 22-23 series of review and outlook articles. For example, one of a number of antibody drug conjugates in late-stage development, Sanofi's Tusimitimab, Ravtansin, is the most advanced to target CCAM5. The first Phase 3 readout for Daiichi Sankyo and AstraZeneca's second ADC offering, Datopotamab Deruxtecan, is due in the first half from the Tropion Lung 01 study in second-line and beyond non-small cell lung cancer with or without actionable genomic alterations. Meanwhile, GSK's blockbuster hopes for the BCMA targeting Blenrep took a hit when the product was taken off the US market late last year at the US FDA's request 
after the drug failed to show significant PFS benefits in the Phase 3 DREAM3 confirmatory study. Among the other major trials highlighted are Novartis's Natalie study of Kiskali in early-stage breast cancer in the second half, and Novo Nordisk's select CVOT study of Rigovi in obesity, which is due mid-year, along with other major studies of note underway or planned by each of the individual companies. Again, do check out the article in full for all of the details of the notable clinical trials coming up this year. Finally, in part five of the annual Script Asks series, Eleanor Malone gathers views from executives and experts on the subject of technological advances. The confluence of data science and molecular biology fuels expectations among biopharma industry leaders for another year of breakthrough innovation in human therapeutics. More than 70 executives and experts revealed what they are most excited about on the technology front. Convergence was a recurring theme in the commentary from those who shared with Script their predictions around technology. Asked what technological advance would have the biggest impact on biopharma this year, they frequently referred to the way multiple scientific advances would be amplified by advances in artificial intelligence to bring transformative progress across the therapeutic landscape. With additional technologies from different fields also being brought to bear, The impact should be felt across drug discovery, clinical trials, manufacturing, and the patient journey. AI, whether it's termed artificial or amplified intelligence, has been demonstrated to accelerate decision-making and define clinical targets. The mRNA successes of 2020 herald a new era in drug development. But so has our willingness to cluster technologies such as wearables, digital tools, and telehealth that invite a diverse community of participants into the clinical trial process, commented Gil Bashi, who's managing partner and chair of global health at Finn Partners. Our biggest innovation challenges are the availability of technology and the application of these tools through collaboration and streamlined regulatory parameters. G1 Therapeutics CEO Jack Bailey made the point that innovation is a mindset. Technology facilitates the execution of innovative ideas, but it isn't the spark that ignites creativity. Others focused on how technology is helping to deepen our understanding of disease so that we can treat it in a more fundamental way. The most important advances in biopharma will be those that enable us to shift from treating the symptoms of a disease to targeting its root cause, said Iris Spector, who's CEO of SFA Therapeutics. 2023 promises to be an important year for disease-modifying therapies as innovations are emerging in different fronts from genome editing and mRNA therapeutics to microbiome-derived drugs and molecularly targeted approaches. The article covers a broad range of multiple topics too extensive to be covered here in detail, including precision medicine, data science, gene and cell therapies, RNA technologies immuno-oncology, vaccines, and digital tools. That's all for this time. Many thanks for joining me. Log in to access all these stories in full, which are also linked in the article accompanying this podcast, and to view all of Scripps' other extensive content, or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.